morning to you, Freedom Church. Last week, we looked at an incredible story that Jesus told those religious guys. We started the year, first service of January 2021, and we asked ourselves the question after looking at the story that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 15. We asked this question, are we going to live like a son in 2021? That was the question we asked ourselves. And, and today's part two. And so while you opening your Bible to Luke chapter 15 for the second part of this series, I want to just recap a little bit about this amazing story that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 15. He tells about a father who's got two sons. And the one son says, Dad, I want to go. Give me my inheritance. I want to go. I want to ride off on my specialized bike like my mate's bike over here. I want to go, I want to ride far away and I want to live life to the full. That's where we left off last week about how the son goes off, rides away on his specialized bike. And so we're picking up the story from Luke chapter 15. Get part one from the podcast because it'll certainly cement just today's message and it'll impact you, I trust, in, in even a bigger way if you listen to part one. So we're picking up the story here in verse 12 in New Living Translation. This is what happens. The father agreed to his younger son asking for his inheritance. He says, okay, okay, boy, you want to go? The father agreed to divide his wealth between his two sons. Incredible. I have a look at that. I always thought that it was the youngest son who took his inheritance, rode away on the specialized bike, and squandered his money. No, your heavenly father, that's the heart of your heavenly father. Even to the oldest son, he divided his inheritance equally. And so the youngest son rode away on his specialized back, back to the far distant country and, and my mates were teasing me because they said, Daryl, he came back, eh? He squandered his money. Maybe he came back on a Bianchi. Yeah, yeah, laugh out loud. Possibly he did. But he came back to his father and his father restored him. His father was waiting for him to come back. His father rushed towards his son, wrapped his arms around his son. He kissed him, put on the ring, put on the family robe, put shoes on his son's feet. And then, of course, had this massive party, the spit bra, for his younger son who was now home as he celebrated and had his son restored back home as his son. Jesus tells this story to build this picture for these religious guys that he's busy telling this story to. These guys who lived under the law, where it was all about rules. He was building this story up because he wanted them to catch something incredible. And so he builds up the story about the younger son coming home, being fully restored back home. And he gets this entire portion of scripture in Luke chapter 15 built up to get to this verse. Boom! He drops the bomb. And this is it in verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was out working. You see, friends, Jesus wants to show us that you can either have performance or you can have presence. You can't have both. Performance 
or presence. The youngest son was out. He comes back. He gets restored with his father. He has his father's presence. But the oldest son is out working, performing, religion, the older brother. The younger brother, rebellion, the older brother, religion, and both are just as wrong. But then there's this twist in the story where Jesus shows once again, when it comes to rebellion, when it comes to religion, they're not equally as dangerous. Religion, the way the older brother was living, is actually far more dangerous because it's the religious brother who's left outside. While the rebellious one, the younger brother, comes home. He's restored. Yes, he squandered his money on prostitutes and wild living. But his relationship was restored. And so today I want to share this part two message with you with much passion and much clarity. I pray you get this. Because when a son has the heart of a slave, it's extremely hard to be restored as a son. And so I want to ask you, as we go into 2021, are you living like a slave? If you, know, if you want to know what, what living like a slave looks like, Jesus puts a couple of words into this older brother's mouth. And we're going to take 10 points from the story that Jesus tells and then we're done. Let's have a look at number one. Jump to verse 25 with me. When the older son, when the older son returned from working, he heard music and dancing in the house. Yeah. Think back to Freedom Church in the school hall. Gets pretty loud in there, eh? Some of you don't like the loud music. Some of you don't like the drummer. Think of our drummer. It was his birthday on Sunday past week. Adrianus, say my what your name is. I think of the lead guitarist on the stage. I've seen him barefoot on the stage before playing that electric guitar. True story. Loud music and dancing. Do you know that during the month of Ramadan, music is banned. You know why? Because music is a sign of freedom. Think of a wedding ceremony that you go to. I think of many wedding ceremonies that I've been at where I sit right at the back when it comes to the dancing and the loud music because I'm a bit embarrassed. In fact, there was a stage in my life when I was very embarrassed to go and dance on the dance floor and pull out the moves. And only recently have I built up the confidence to go and, uh, do I have the moves? Not quite, but, uh, but I like to think I've got the moves. Music is a sign of freedom. Music is a sign of adventure. Dancing is, is a sign of, of, of adventure and, and sonship. And the religious ones, the older brother, would have nothing to do with that. The world is busy dying and going to hell. We don't have time, the religious people say, we don't have time to celebrate and dance and feast. This is what somebody says about the religious-based performance Christian. Sure, they're living in the Father's house. Sure, they're Christians. But this is how someone says they're living. This is how someone says a religious-based performance Christian lives look at some of the words pete's got them on the screen for you there he says a religious performance based christian lives like this condemned judgmental anxious 
insecure, little intimacy and joy. No music, no dancing, deep insecurity, overly sensitive to criticism or being overlooked. Life, he says, for a religious Christian is a joyless, crashing drudgery. And you know what? We sometimes end up living like that. We do. Because our hearts grow slowly cold. And those who are sons in the house become like slaves. Can you relate to one or two of those words? Pete, put them on the screen for us again there, bud. One or two of those words. Would you be able to put your hand up and say, Yo, I found myself feeling like that. I'm going to put my hand up and say, Yeah, I can relate to quite a few of those words. You know why? Because there was a time in my life when I was living like a religious, performance-based Christian. I was going through life trying to live a Christian life, trying to do the right things, trying to tick the right boxes, trying to perform as a Christian. And I started walking through life very much hunched over, trying to fit in to what a Christian should be and if i think of my life worshiping god i wonder how i looked i probably looked like this hunched over bent over not like a son in the house you see i wasn't delighting in god i wasn't at the place where music and dancing was part of the first part of my day where i put it on on my phone where i put it on in the car it's just a degree off small sign friends but no music and no dancing is a sign of a slave living in the father's house. Number two, let's look at verse 26. The older brother asked one of the servants, what is going on? He didn't go to his father and say, hey dad, what's happening tonight? Who's the party for? Who are we celebrating? No, no, no. He went to one of the servants and asked, what's the deal? Number two, when you're a slave in the father's house, you fear authority. Let me tell you a story about one of my mates. He's a pastor at a church. And he says a few years ago, they went through a transition and a new pastor, a new senior pastor came into the church and fulfilled the role as their senior pastor. He says he dreaded the time of the day when the senior pastor would come into the office. He said he would put on his earphones. And he'd lock the door to his office because this senior pastor, very loud, very lively, very joyful man would come and make a big noise. And he says he has to admit that he became fearful of the senior pastor. He says, what if the senior pastor had asked him, my mate says, had asked him what, what he had done today. It's not like he could say, well, I raised somebody from the dead or... Actually, I missed quite a few meetings, one or two hospital visits. He says, what if my senior pastor asked me what I was going to do tonight? I can't exactly tell him that I'm going to binge watch a series on Netflix. When we become slaves in the house, a nervous twitch starts happening inside of us around authority. Fear of authority. He didn't go and ask his dad. He went to go and ask the servant what's happening in the house it's a light on the dashboard small warning that you could start living 
like a slave in the father's house. Number three. Let's read on to find number three. The slave responds. The slave says, your brother's back. And your father's killed the fattened calf. Look at the next word. We are celebrating because of his safe return. Who's the we? The servants. The servants are celebrating because of his safe return. I wrote this down. It's higher grade. I want to read it. It might be on the screen so that I don't get it wrong. Catch this. Left unchecked. A son who turns to performance to gain the approval of his father will eventually be worse off than the slave. Left unchecked, a son who turns to performance to gain the approval of his father will eventually be worse off than the slave. The slaves are enjoying the music and the dancing. The slaves are enjoying the split bra and the feast. The slaves are enjoying spending time with authority. The son, who is now bound up in performance, is outside. And so if you are performing to try and gain the approval of your father, you will eventually be worse off than the slave. Number four, verse 28 should be on your screen. Thanks, Pete. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go inside his father came out and begged him you know this is the older brother's greatest offense to his father hey because in jewish context if you were to disrespect your father or dishonor your father that would be the most humiliating thing you could do in jewish context for a son to refuse the hosting of his father most humiliating thing he could have done. Crazy, hey? And you know what? You and I do that ongoingly. You and I find ourselves saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve my Father's grace, my Heavenly Father's grace in heaven. I don't deserve His kindness. But actually, you know what you're doing? You're refusing the hosting of your Father. And you're behaving like a slave. You know something else about slaves, eh? They don't know how to celebrate and honor somebody else. At Freedom Church, one of the things that, that we are trying to, to do to the utmost of our abilities, always give God glory. Always give God glory and honor man. We want to create and, and make that a value in our church because it's the heart of a son that'll do that. I want to be a part of a church where generosity is consistently lavished. As a son lavishes out to his brothers and sisters as we honor people in God's church. Amen. Number five, verse 29. But the older brother replied, look, all these years, look, all these years I've slaved for you. That one liner literally means look you, look you. The father's run out to beg his son. And the son replies, look you, look you. From the overflow of our hearts, our mouths begin to speak. And the longer we live as slaves in the house, this bitterness begins to boil up inside of us. And eventually, look you, look you. You said in July, you would cause breakthrough in my life. It's January. Look you. 
Look you, I've been tithing for two months and I'm going through the same financial crisis. Look you. Look you. Because we're no longer resting in the faithfulness of God. We're saying, I've performed. I've done this. I've done that. Now you owe me. And you know what? Your relationship with God becomes a transactional relationship. Is that you today? Has your relationship with God become a transactional relationship? Look, I've done this. Now you must do that. Yeah. Number six. All these years I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. Right there. His heart betrays him. His heart betrays him. Your heart betrays you when you say things like, I did this. I did that. I did this because I had to. I didn't want to, but I did it because I had to. All of a sudden, you start speaking like a slave because it's performance-based. I did this. I didn't do this. I have to do this. And we either have performance or we have presence. Performance or presence. You cannot have both. What are you going to do in 2021 to earn your performance? If it's performance... Let me say this, let me ask you the question. What are you going to do in 2021 to earn His presence? If you're going to earn His presence by performing, you're actually moving yourself away and outside. Number seven. And in all that time, He says, You never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends my mentor has a saying it goes like this life is far too short to spend around negative people and sometimes i look at myself and i think you know what daryl i think strategically my teammates might disagree my teammates say perhaps daryl ah you, you might be a bit negative well, let me give you an example. December, Christmas service. We meet on the field at school and people say, how was it? And I'm like, yeah, it was okay, but I think we could have cut the grass a bit better. Eh? The grass was a bit untidy. Grass is a bit long. Ah, I'm not negative. I just think strategically, no, Daryl. No, boy. You freaking negative. A slave will be disproportionately negative. A slave will disproportionately see the negative and see what needs to be fixed and what could have been better. I think my mentor's right. Life is far too short to spend around negative people. I wonder what it was like spending time with that older brother. I wonder what it was like working with that older brother. I wonder what it was like spending time socially with that older brother. I wonder if it was pleasant spending time with that older brother. He had everything going for him, but he had become disproportionately negative. Number eight, nine, and ten. This is where Jesus gets pretty hectic with a double tick. It gets very dark here. Verse 30, have a look at that. The older brother says to his father, Yet, 
when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money. Notice that phrase, when this son of yours. Slavery begins to rear its ugly head when we no longer value family. When we no longer value community. We grow numb to people's pain and suffering. Think of us as a freedom family right now. Monique lost her mom to COVID. Des lost his mom to COVID. Twenty and Swayze lost their barbarian friend. And Alex lost his barbarian friend to COVID. I'm thinking of our mates, Rudy and Nicole, having a 12-hour operation to remove tumors, four tumors. When we're no longer part of a family, friends, we grow numb to people's pain and suffering. And sometimes all people want to do is to have us cry with them in their pain and suffering. If people in Freedom Family haven't become your, your deep, true friends, you've got to ask yourself, are you a slave on the outside? If you don't have anybody at Freedom Church that you can phone at half past one in the morning just to speak to on the phone, just to listen to you, not tell you what to do, just to listen to you and help you, don't make that decision to drive to that guy's house and do something that you're going to regret. Tell you a testimony. Level 5 lockdown last year, we were running what we call live life group on a Wednesday. We might start it again, it was incredible. We'd get together, we'd have a Zoom meeting, we'd break up into small groups. And, and in one of those small groups, there was a single mom in Freedom Church that was sharing just some challenges she was going through. A couple in her group were listening to her the very next morning. That couple goes, gets her a massive bunch of flowers and gets her a pick and pay voucher. Goes and drops it off at her office. Do you have people around you in your family who you can depend on? Who, who you can lean on when you go through times of pain and suffering? If you're not in that place where you're surrounded by those people, it's because you're outside living like a slave. And then it gets even darker. Verse 30, have a look there. When the son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, your money, the son of yours, he squandered your money. He doesn't see a son anymore. Long ago, he didn't see a butt. Now he doesn't see a son. He's only seen sin. He doesn't see that person, doesn't see his butt, only sees the sin. He isn't seeing a process. He's only seen a problem. He, he doesn't see hope of redemption and his brother being redeemed and restored. He doesn't see hope of redemption. He only sees a reason for rejection. Is that you? Are you looking at people, looking at Christians around you thinking, no, not her. Uh-uh. You don't know what she's done. You don't know what she's been involved with. She's done that. She cannot be redeemed. Not her. Him? Are you mad, Daryl? That oak? No, he needs to be outside. Uh-uh. He's abused God's grace. Because a lot of the time in our culture at Freedom Church, we're praying for people and we're inviting people to church, but then something happens in our hearts and we end up thinking, yeah, 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 Vomos, you should have come to church, but you should have come to church, man, and you haven't. 
We no longer see the possibility of redemption. We only see the reason for rejection outside. And then comes the bomb number 10. He says, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. It's a backhanded insult to the father. He says, you kill the calf, but something else should be killed. Not the cow. He's essentially saying, I think your son, dad, I think that son of yours should pay for his sin. You see, when we become like slaves, we cling to religion. We, we so quickly dismiss the brokenness and the hurt and the pain of others that we'd actually rather have them dead. Jesus is telling this story because he's trying to get through to those religious guys living by the rules, trying to tick the boxes. He's talking to those who are just performing. They were living as slaves in the father's house. And he was trying to tell them, that if you live like a slave in the Father's house, it'll kill you. And your relationships with people will die. And your friendships and, you, and the way you live will eventually become this shell like you walking as the living dead. When your relationship with God is based on performance, you will never enjoy His presence. You can either have performance or you have presence. You cannot have both. His father came outside. His father came outside and begged him, please, my son, come inside, my boy. Can I invite you to come into the father's house? Can I invite you today to give up? Stop measuring. Stop taking your spiritual pulse. Stop comparing yourself to other Christians. Stop wondering. Stop doubting. Start believing. That even though you might be on the outside, great compassion swells up on the inside of your heavenly father's heart. Thinking maybe today, my son, my daughter will come inside and enjoy my presence. And not be out there performing, trying to tick boxes. The Father's begging you to come inside. Thinking maybe today he will stop performing and enjoy my presence. Father, I pray today that your word today would bear much fruit. I pray, Heavenly Father, that every drop of poison that we've been drinking about, trying to perform, trying to tick boxes, trying to do things because we have to, I pray that this great, powerful river of your blood, Jesus, would, would deaden, would kill that poison of trying to perform. That in 2021, from today, we would live in the year ahead, not as slaves, but as your sons, as your daughters. Not trying to do things because we have to. Living lives as Christians rather because we want to. Because we love you. I pray that in 2021 we would thrive as Christians. Living really life to the full. As your sons and your daughters. Enjoying your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.